Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the Short Track Talk podcast. Welcome to the 32nd episode already. And I know I missed last week's episode, but I'm coming back today with a very special one, uh, one that's going to bring a lot of stories that many people have been wanting to hear about for, for quite a while now. And inside perspective of, of quite a quite a polemic, we could call it quite a controversial situation that a Spanish team has recently faced. But for that, we have uh, one of the best riders that they had in the squad. Uh, she's a very good track rider. She's from New Zealand. She's currently right now racing for Farto Racing Team. Uh, she got on a top 10 uh, recently in the Volta Burgos uh, World, UCI, uh, World UCI race. And we have Miki Drummond here today with us. Good morning, Miki. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. <laughs> good, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, as you can tell, it's been a long day. But yeah, hang a long day. <laughs> So first of all, uh, finally have been able to go back to racing. Uh, you were in Burgos uh, this past weekend. How was that for you? Yeah, Burgos was a really cool experience. Nice to get uh, four days of racing in after quite a while out of racing. Um, got to meet some of my new teammates. And yeah, it was, it was just nice to um, yeah, be back, I guess, and racing in the peloton. How has the whole situation of integrating yourself and a new team been? It's actually been easy. Like the girls in my team, we're quite a multicultural team. It's not just Spanish girls like I expected. Um, and I'm currently based in Porto and they live near Vigo. So it's actually, the, the team's quite close. And um, so it's easy like to go see the girls. And yeah, I feel like the integration was pretty easy and um, the new director, Bryce, he's really cool and supportive. Um, I think that makes the integration a lot easier, just having like such a supportive group. And yeah, it, it went really well. That's amazing to hear after living in such a complicated situation for you and uh, for your cycling career. I imagine it's great to have landed on, on a team with a good atmosphere finally and uh, good faces and that allows you to do what you do best, which is uh, pedal your bike. Yeah, 100%. It makes a big difference being happy and, um, yeah, the performance shows, especially at Burgos. Like, I can I can see by my performance that, yeah, I'm in, in a good space and, and a supportive team. First of all, how are the, those legs feeling? They're recovered now. <laughs> recovered now. But um, they're going to be pretty sore again in, um, in a week's time when we line up at Andalusia. So... And uh, in terms of future races, uh, what are we looking on for you? Uh, you just mentioned Andalusia next week. And what else is coming to you? Yeah, Andalusia and then um, onto the Pyrenees. And after that, I'm going to take a bit of a break from the road and start focusing on the track because um, now we've got the Super Worlds in August. So, yeah, hoping to make the track Worlds team. Um, and, yeah, so we're doing like a track camp in Switzerland and also... Ferenzola in the beginning of July so yeah a bit more track focus after, after that period of racing and then yeah after hopefully after selection for track worlds I can head back on the road with um, the team nice. I think, maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it looks like long-term planning for you already 
Yeah. And I got to say, what's the biggest goal for you this year? I imagine you probably had many changes from the start of the season as you probably have had to change what your main goal was. But what would you say Miki is focusing on right now? Um, I've actually changed coaches to my national track coach. Um, and that, that idea was to really, I guess, put all my energy into being the best track rider I can be for for this um, world's coming up. So um, the team pursuit is looking really good for the New Zealand team. Um, after Jakarta, doing a 408 really shows that we're more than capable of, um, I guess, going to the Olympics and doing doing really well. So I think, yeah, yeah, focusing on the track at the moment, um, I, I would love to make the step up into a world tour team on the road, um, maybe next year or um, the year after, but yeah, for now, the, the track is the main focus, especially with the Olympics coming up soon. Yeah, I was, uh, I was about to mention, you mentioned it yourself, uh, Olympics right around the corner, Paris quite close to home as well, which makes it kind of easier, I guess. Uh, you don't have to travel to the other side of the world and just uh, makes it easier. Uh, how are you feeling about it? I'm feeling good about it. Like, um, it's obviously... It's close, but it's not close, if you get what I mean. Like, it's next year, but there's still a lot of selections to be made and um, targets, and um, I'm confident in how I'm tracking at the moment, and I'm confident in how my team is tracking at the moment, and I think um, we have, yeah, really good... Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're going really well, and we just keep tracking the way we are, and hopefully, yeah, we we make it in, 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 good, form, in good form, yeah. No, fingers crossed to that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and made the best one win in the Olympics. But yeah, it's right around the corner. People are thinking already about that. And mo- mo- most people have the season focused to try and qualify. And then uh, exactly, you, you never know what can happen there. But yeah, uh, that's really cool. So before we get into the whole uh, situation, which will come eventually, uh, I can't tell if it's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask you first, uh, how did you first get into cycling? How does Mickey start riding a bike and then decide it's something she wants to do? Mine's a bit of a different story. I would just use my bike to go to school every day, um, more of like a means of transport. And I just had a, um, there's like a newsletter that got sent out in my little school, little country school. And it was, oh, if you want to start cycling, like come join task force, it was called. Um, so I ended up just taking up the sport for like a bit of fitness because I also played hockey at the time. Um, and then, yeah, I would, go out for rides with my, my teammates they provided bikes and everything so yeah I just I just fell in love with it um was quite good from a young age I think that always helps when you're when you're winning individually I quite like that because on in hockey you know if your your teammates weren't so good you'd lose <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like the individual side of um of the cycling and then yeah kind of just took off from there just started competing and um yeah, just really enjoyed both the team and individual aspect that cycling gave. So, yeah, started started young and continued on and made most um, like the elite the elite track team when I was eighteen and kind of just yeah the pathway seemed to be quite smooth from a young age. Yeah, I imagine, uh, and then that's how it started. Then uh, DNA Pro Cycling, B Pink, uh, SAF, and right now. And the Farto BTC women's. Uh, been a long way since then. Yeah. You can imagine. 
many many stories to tell i'm sure some you never thought you'd live through some uh really good stories to tell and really good memories what would you say has been the best memory so far best memory it would have to be commonwealth games um last year when we lined up with three girls well we lined up with four girls in the team pursuit but ellie wallison broke her wrist and so it meant that, you know, we were, we were going in with less, um, I guess, power. <laughs> and we had Elise Andrews, a sprinter, line up for us. And we, yeah, we ended up taking silver um, with just three riders. And I think it was really special for the fact that no one really wanted us to line up because they said, what's the point, you know? Like, what's the point? There's only three of you, you know, it's what are you going to get out of this? Like Brony was a huge potential for a gold in the IP. So it was like, oh, do we, we don't really want to like ruin her legs for a a possible medal. And so I don't know. I just feel like for it to come together and yeah, take that, that medal was like very, very special and definitely a highlight of my career to, I guess, face all odds and still work out really well for us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's when you expect it the least uh, that sometimes uh, some of the best stories come, right? And of course, uh, one day you just wake up and you have the best best life, life, life to be alive and you just fly uh, through the track or on the road. Exactly that. <laughs> it was definitely one of those days. And now uh, slowly driving uh, the conversation into this season. Uh, you started uh, off uh, riding quite close to home uh, with the Schwab Classic, one second, I imagine, uh, on the Criterium. So that must have been uh, quite special, I imagine. Yeah, that was definitely really cool, especially, you know, being in a, in a new team, you really want to prove yourself as a, like, a strong member. And I feel like I really showed myself there and um, it was just a good start to the season just to keep, yeah, I guess a positive um, momentum going forward. And then uh, off for the tour, tour down under, uh, how was that for you? It was really good. Yeah, we had um, obviously Maggie Coles-Lester as our main sprinter. So um, my goal was just to help her as much as I could. And that was like a really cool, I guess, job to have. I guess in the past, I had just been in teams that probably didn't have so much structure and um, like in terms of like the team racing. So it was really cool to have like a set job and be able to, I guess, yeah just really work together and um help on that and then also it's it's Australia I love Australia it's close to home and the weather's great so I think yeah it was just cool to be a part of something early and start the season I guess knowing you're in good shape was yeah it was a really good fun time yeah, I mean, uh, I imagine a good experience with its ups and downs, I'm sure. But uh, it's not a bad January if you're in the beach being able to sunbathe, I guess. Not, exactly. not yeah. a worse situation, I can imagine. It was it was pretty well organized as well. Like, I think the Tour Down Under organizes most of, like, the transports and the accommodation, everything. So, yeah, it was it was well organized for us at that time. <laughs> I was about to ask that. Uh was it was it back then that you started seeing that there was something wrong or nothing at all tour down under just went smooth and then Julie just went back home I mean there was little things like um you know the bikes got ready like two days before we're meant to race you know like there was little things but you know you think it's a brand new team like 
it's January. It's going to be hard for any team, I think, to get everything sorted so fast. So I didn't see any anything that was out of the ordinary. Um, so, yeah, I think I actually had one of the best times ever ra- racing Tour Down Under, and I, I loved the girls on my team. It, was actually, it went just so smoothly. And, yeah, there was no real signs at that time that things were going to go the way they were, that's for sure. And then uh, for you, still some time in uh, down under territory uh, with the Cat 11 strays. And then uh, you had national champs and you went seventh. How was that time for you over there? Uh, was it still something that you were just uh, training and living a normal life? Or was there already something, a lot of stuff going on in the background that not many people knew about? That was still actually normal life. Um, it wasn't probably, yeah, until after road nationals when um it was time to head back to europe that things started getting a little bit strange for instance um they were booking my flight to europe from new zealand and it was taking a really long time and i was like why is it so hard to you know pick this this fly um i've sent you all the details of the flight that you can book um i'm a gold member of air new zealand it's cheaper to go with this flight because you don't pay excess baggage they didn't listen to any of this. They went with the cheapest flight you could buy, which was Qantas. And I ended up paying personally a thousand, a thousand New Zealand dollars excess for my bike and bags. So it ended up being more expensive than buying the original flight that I had told them where I got all my stuff for free. Um, so that was like a warning sign. Um, but thankfully, I messaged Manel at that time. I was like, you know, I've just paid this massive bill. I haven't been paid yet. Um, you know, can this be reimbursed as fast as possible? And they did. So they did actually reimburse this um, excess baggage. So I was like, oh, you know, things are okay then. Like, it's not so bad. Like, you know, it's just, again, new team. It's getting running. Things just might take a little bit more time. Um, I feel like Manal was doing a lot of the work on his own. Um, so, yeah, I just... Gave it the benefit of the doubt, put it that way, yeah. And uh, when was it that things started kind of getting uh, finally fully complicated and when everything just came rolling down the mountain? I think it was probably when I arrived in Europe. Um, we were talking as a group and we were asking, um, has anyone been paid? And no one had been paid. And we're like, okay, it's a bit strange. It's been two months. Um We'll send like a message um, to Manel and um, Rad, the owner, and see like what's going on. And yeah, they said to us, oh, like, we're really sorry. We're going to send you three months in advance because, you know, it's been so late. Um, the money's currently stuck in Dubai and we're doing everything I ca- we can with the lawyers to get the money to you guys as soon as possible. Um, and I was like, oh, that's like a nice message. Like, I'm sure they are trying their best and... Um, we'll give them we'll give them the time that they need and um, we'll get our three months in advance and then we won't have to worry for a wee while. Um, three months in advance actually wouldn't be three months. It would only be one month in advance because it was already two months behind. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then that kind of happened and I ended up getting booked to my first race with the team, um, getting Wimbledon. It was going to be my first um, race and I got... Well, before that, I I had been staying with some teammates and they had had COVID. And I was like, I messaged Manel. I said, oh, like, I think, 
like I might have COVID, I'm not feeling very well. Um, I've just been with some people that have had COVID. I don't think it's a good idea for me to go to the race um, because I don't want to infect my teammates. But I had been testing negative. So he, he said, no, just still come, you'll be fine. And then, yeah, I went, I went to the race, wasn't feeling very well and was like, okay, it's time to go home. Um, and trying to get home was a really like big problem hey, have you booked me a flight home? I shouldn't be in this hotel around these girls. Like, I need, a, I need a separate room. Like, you know, things like this that, you know, I feel like should be organized by such a high level team. Um, having like a spare room to yeah, stay away from my teammates. And yeah, and then I was trying to get Minow to book me a flight and he wasn't responding, wasn't responding. I'm like, I could be here for the next three days feeling miserable or I can just book my own flight and get, get home as fast as possible. So I ended up booking my own flight, um, catching the train, like organized it all on my own, um, which is hard when you're feeling shit <laughs> in the best way possible. Um, I got home and I was like, yeah, I don't, I had this like gut feeling, you know, when you like pay for something, you're like, I shouldn't have paid for that. Like I got a feeling I'm, I haven't been paid and, you know, I'm now paying extra things that um, I don't know if I'm going to get my money back for. And then we were on like um, our group chat as girls chatting away and um, we decided to reach out to the TCA and um, just let them, I guess, advise them of the situation that we hadn't been paid yet. And kind of from there it all kind of took off um we started sending more emails and voices and I think that's when I guess the team started getting a bit angry um and I I know Audrey unfortunately got a lot of phone calls and in my opinion like harassment about the situation um it's obviously all going off in the media as well so I think from there it just really started getting bad yeah how do you limit yourself from the inside? Because I imagine uh, not the easiest situation. Uh, you're probably hopeful about starting a new season, new road cycling team, something you're looking forward to. And then in a time, time frame of two, three months, just everything kind of falls down and uh, you face yourself like, what the hell I'm doing here? Yeah, I think that was probably the hardest part for myself. Um, I took this as like my big breakthrough in my road cycling career. I really can't tell anybody how well my partner probably knows how excited I was to finally get an opportunity and what was going to be like a very high level team getting and we were getting the best races in the world like we had Paris-Roubaix and we had we were we even had the lineup at the Tour de France I think thanks to Audrey and you know it was just it was so motivating and exciting that I felt like someone was finally giving me an opportunity that I felt like I'd been wanting for a long time um and so that was really difficult it was like yeah not really upset about it but yeah it was hard <laughs> oh, it's okay. no 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 you're, you're all good you're all good uh, it's been a really really tough process i can imagine you you've had to go through some really tough times but now finally uh we could call it that time is over and it's a new beginning for you uh, time to be able to be back on the bike and be able to enjoy and uh, get what you deserve absolutely and what you all girls deserve but uh yeah <laughs> you're all good truly. <laughs> truly, truly you're all good don't worry about it 
but uh yeah uh, now like you said a new beginning still with plenty of dreams olympics right around the corner and plenty of new races and new opportunities for you to be able to shine it uh wasn't this time probably i i always have this saying that if it's not it's not meant to be like yeah. the time the time will arrive when everything fits together and it will it will be it will be for everyone i'm sure and uh, as it will be for you and you will be getting the opportunity so uh just keep working but yeah anyways <laughs> a little bit of a change of topic uh we've i've gotten uh, emotional and serious <laughs> about it uh, let's, no 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 you're all good uh let's give it a different perspective uh let's get to know a little bit about mickey because we we know about mickey the writer we know about mickey that's been dealing with uh, the great spanish cycling federation and, and those well, we'll leave it there <laughs> but uh what does mickey like to do outside the bike a few things there's th things that I like and things that I want to do. So I'm currently trying my best to learn Portuguese. So I've been doing some Portuguese lessons because um, my partner's family don't speak English. So that's kind of been like a little, yeah, a little hobby of mine. Um, can't say it's going so well, but the, the effort is there. Um, also, when I'm back home in New Zealand, love like walking my dog. I think that's one thing I really miss is my puppy. <laughs> uh, love animals. Um, yeah, and seeing friends and I guess just um, normal normal day-to-day -day stuff that everyone else does, really. Yeah, nothing in particular. I love baking, though, actually. Love baking, love baking cakes, cake decorating, you name it. Anything pistachio, I'm, I'm there. I'm doing it. <laughs> so. uh, I was going to ask, what's, what's, what's the key meal? What's the key, key thing that you can bake and cook, probably? I love making cupcakes, but... I feel like I have a name for making good cookies, like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I might, might, might sign myself up for that to try it. So yeah, sure. I definitely should make some cookies for you next time if you're the right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially but, because you've got good videos and photos. So. Yeah, like, no, I just got lucky. It was a first opportunity I got to to be able to live a race from the inside on a bike. And uh, I would got to say it was pretty, pretty cool. I hadn't seen myself in such a situation and definitely made the most out of it, I would say. Yeah, you definitely did. Look, look cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah. And now you mentioned yourself, uh, you're on to a new coach, uh, working with a with a national coach, uh, track national coach, sorry. And uh, in terms of, I always wonder, is something I always like to talk about, and uh, you especially having lived such a difficult situation, uh, do you have a mental coach to work with you or has it been something that you've been doing by yourself and uh, trying to hang, on, hang in the yeah. best way possible? Yeah, no, we're really supported in our national team. We have um, a psychologist that I speak to on a regular basis and um, I'm actually really grateful for that support. I think it must be really hard for the people that don't have access to that sort of help. Um, so yeah, I worked with a psychologist and still am, and I have been for the last four years. I have nutritionists, I have um, gym coaches. Um, yeah, so I'm really well supported in, in the federation, which is, yeah, a big help. And then in terms of nutrition and taking care of yourself how's that been for you uh, is it something you do by yourself or once again you have some someone from the cycling federation working for you yeah the cycling federation helping with that you have um katie Schofield is uh, the new zealand nutritionist and she's she's phenomenal we've been doing like a lot of work um 
when I was back home in New Zealand on nutrition and fueling and I think it's really paying off for me personally I, I struggled a bit with my nutrition probably in the last yeah well maybe three years ago now and I've improved so much by having that support like having somebody telling me how to how to I guess fuel properly and I think I feel like it's um something that I that I had to I guess in the past be very mindful of like around other women as well because I know that it's um it's very difficult topic with some and yeah it's been I feel like I've learned a lot and I can also talk to other people about it because I feel like I'm confident in what I know now Oh, yeah. uh, that's great to hear. Uh, it's all about learning, I think, and uh, getting to know your your own body and uh, what reacts best and what, what doesn't work that, that well sometimes. Yeah. And I have to ask, what's the best pre-meal race that you can have? Pre-meal? I'm, I'm really into just cereals. So just oatmeal with, um, I put actually a little bit of protein powder and um, berries, milk, cook it for a bit a little bit of granola for crunch and then some almond butter and it's my personal favorite but definitely also a coffee have to have a nice you know not like your typical sorry spanish coffee you know when it's kind of like a bit of burnt froth milk you yeah, know not that i know beautiful, what you're talking about you know what i mean like the beautiful latte art the good coffee <laughs> like one of those in the morning we're gonna win the race <laughs> <laughs> And in terms of protein powder, I got to ask, what's the flavor to go for you? I have a few flavors. At the moment, I have cookies and cream. Okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, but I also like to have, um, well, in my breakfast, I like to have like a non-flavored protein. So, yeah. yeah. So after, after the race, cookies and cream and before, <laughs> just a neutral, neutral flavor. <laughs> and now I'm going to ask our best post race meal uh the one cheat meal i guess you happy no matter how the race has gone i love a burrito <laughs> like like a mexican burrito rice beans chicken yeah that's probably my go-to if it's possible post-race um fueling yeah for sure that's absolutely a vibe and uh <laughs> they, well, it sounds pretty good now making me hungry so we better stop talking about this yeah <laughs> And yeah, and then uh, we were just talking while well, you mentioned yourself that you've been, well, you're from New Zealand, so you're literally on the other side of the world for you right now, but you've also been able to race kind of everywhere uh, with track cycling, uh, very special places, I imagine. Uh, like we, you said yourself, very special memories, like in Birmingham uh, last year, but uh, what would you, what would you say has been the coolest place where you've been able to race so far in your cycling career? can be a road cycling can be track cycling can be anything so it was the first time I'd ever been out of the country I was um under 19 and it was the junior track worlds in Kazakhstan Astana that was today I don't know if it was it, no it was the coolest place I've ever been it was so futuristic like the buildings were just like wavy and like I just felt like I was like in a complete different place. And then you'd go outside of Astana and it was like massive poverty. Um, I feel like it was a pretty extraordinary first time out of New Zealand <laughs> to go to Kazakhstan. <laughs> so I think it's just like embedded in my brain, the experience of like just how 
yeah different the the life was there yeah I was going to say that that was a very quick answer. I usually get people thinking about it, but you were not like that. It's, it's, it's there. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. And uh, now how's life in Portugal for you? Uh, you mentioned uh, you lived close to Porto. Uh, I imagine quite a contrast uh, to what you were used to from living in New Zealand. A uh, very different culture, very different climate, very different everything. So how's that going for you so far? I, I love it in Porto. It's at the moment it's so hot. Um, so just getting used to <laughs> getting used to the heat again. But the culture is really um, the people here are really nice, especially if um, like the family and friends they really look after you. And um, the food is amazing here. <laughs> I don't know if you've been here before, but they've got so many traditional dishes and um, the and the people. Yeah, the people are just so nice and writing. I feel safe and yeah compared to New Zealand like I love my country but people on the roads just they don't have as much respect for you as they do over here and I don't know the reason for that but I feel yeah really safe doing my job on the roads here and I think that's really important yeah I would definitely agree with you as something something key in order to be able to have especially the life you live where most days you're out on the road and at the end of the day it's a big worry and something that you got to watch out for as uh, you see in many places there are cyclists having accidents because of vehicles and i think uh, that's a very good thing that we have in europe which is a big concern for cyclists and big campaigns and everything which helps not fully but it's it's a work in progress i would say yeah for sure i think it's definitely a work in progress and hopefully it's getting better not worse um yeah and then uh you've you've raced a lot uh you've raced many places like we said already i've said like two three times i don't know anyways (laughs) uh what would you say i still make his dream uh to achieve uh, on a bike um definitely olympic games team pursuit gold was is like the ultimate dream um, for me I feel like that's kind of what I've been working towards since very very young and missing out on the Olympics and the last Tokyo Olympics it really I really have been feeling like this this one's the the one hopefully and I think yeah I think if I can if I can do that with my teammates I feel like that'd be what I would call success in in my career for sure like, I mean, I'd say being able to race and attend an Olympic Games and live the whole Olympic atmosphere is very special and it's not many people in the world can say they've they've been able to live, right? So I would definitely say that's that's a pretty good table story to be able to tell here. I definitely agree. And I think like looking back at the journey and how to get there and the, the roller coaster that it's been, I think the reward of making making those olympic games and would be yeah i think make it all worth the the hard times that have have come (laughs) of course uh for sure it's a it's a reward and it's an experience i've spent to enjoy and like you said uh yourself i think you're on a very good path towards it so it's just uh close to a year of uh, maintaining a good path and uh you'll be You'll be in Centives Velodrome uh, racing with a, with a New Zealand kit uh, for an Olympic medal. Uh, you never really know. 
Exactly. Fingers crossed. As <laughs> it all. Yeah. No, that's not that's not mentioning too much, just in case. I don't want to be a pot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the podcast jinxer. I wouldn't like uh, that nickname. It wouldn't be ideal. But just make, make the games and then then we'll, then we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh you see uh this question uh popped up to my mind a few interviews ago and i haven't asked it again but i think it's it's quite an interesting one that makes you think and that you get very spontaneous answers because everyone's gonna have a different perspective on it so if you were to talk to mickey's mickey's person 10 years ago what do you think you would say to her right now oh that's really difficult (laughs) I think I would say, you know, I think I'd say it might seem like hard right now and um, and the successes can be like really cool and exciting and to really celebrate those successes when you do have them because as you get older, I think, you know, you get a lot less success as you get into the elite um, for some maybe (laughs) but they become a little bit more special I think and so yeah I feel like just really when I when I was younger I I would tell myself just to really celebrate the small wins and um yeah and the hard times we were worth it because you're gonna make it (laughs) for everyone listening to Miki right now uh, important Mm -hmm. uh the important things must be celebrated yeah. and we cheer to that absolutely i think it's a it's a great philosophy to have uh we're here for god knows how long so we're meant to celebrate and enjoy it as much as possible for sure and uh now uh going back to a little bit of a complicated topic i've gotten you a little emotional but i, I, would, <laughs> I would like to ask you something as i believe uh you're truly an example to follow as uh, you had many tough times but you've been able to get over them and still, you know, uh, place yourself uh, last weekend. We don't have to go. We don't even have to go that far on a top 10 uh, world race, UCI race. So in those times when you have everything falling down and you've literally don't know what's going to be of your life in the next 10 days, how does Mickey keep going? How does she keep training? How does she keep working hard and taking care of herself and just uh, keep working with her goal and her mind? For me, it's just bringing it back to basics, I think. I I know I love my bike, so when I get up in the morning, it's about enjoying what I'm doing each day. And when I go out, I feel, like, free and happy. And um, I think remembering that... I try to remember that, like, hard times do pass. And, um, like, I've been through, like, non-Olympic selection. If I can get through that, then I can, I can get through um, a team folding, you know? Like... At the time, it feels really difficult, but I have so much support around me. I have people that, um, yeah, lift me up every day. And I think it's important to be around people that do lift you up. Like my boyfriend is probably the most supportive person I could ask for. He understands sport. He's in the world tour and he, he gets how difficult it is. And I think having those people around me have made each day easier. And the fact that I just love riding my bike also helps (laughs) and um yeah I think yeah just having a perspective and a goal going forward is like why am I doing this okay I want to 
I want to go to the Olympics. How am I going to get there? And I just feel like keeping those goals in mind and keeping things, yeah, positive as you can in those hard times, I think helps me get through for sure. I imagine uh, some very, very tough times, very lots of ups and downs where one, one day you're, you're hanging like this is going to work out, but uh, there's some days with some lows I can imagine as well. And yeah. those are probably the toughest to get through. Do you ever consider giving up at some point throughout the process? For sure. Like there's definitely been times that I thought, is this really what I love? Like, do I love this? Because this, this is really hard. Um, and financially, you're pouring a lot into it and not getting a lot in return can be difficult. Um, but I, I have some really cool New Zealand teammates relying on me as well. And um, I feel like being there for them also gives me the motivation to keep going. Like I, I look at um, our team and how well we, we've done. And just because the team has folded doesn't mean that I can't still be a part of the track team and um, be one of the key members in this team, you know? So there was always something else for me to keep uh, motivated and happy. So um, I think that was a big, big part of the reason of why I wouldn't give up for sure. I think uh, you've been a great example of uh, dedication, sacrifice, and uh, how you, no matter what's going on, you keep going and you keep working. And that's how you really achieve things and uh, you finally will get uh, what you deserve. But yeah, anyways, uh, now uh, let's turn up the tune a little bit. Let's get everybody happier. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, some of the, a funny story you can tell with a team. It can be track national. It can be one of the teams you've been. It can be on a race. Something that happened to you that was quite comic. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But uh, of course, one that you can't tell because I, I probably imagine there's stories which you can't tell. But uh, something you can actually share with us uh, just to uh, make everybody's day a little bit better. I actually have a, a funny story when we were at a Hong Kong World Cup and in New Zealand, like we have our like our like inheritance, is it like that? Yeah. Our ancestors language, which is Maori. And we actually don't really speak it. We sing songs in school, that sort of thing. Um, but we don't really speak it. But when we go away on these like <laughs> nations cups and we hear all these countries speaking their different languages and um, a few of my teammates were in the elevator with a couple of Germans and we were like, you know, they have their little language and we want to be able to like have our little language. So we just started singing, but not singing, you know, words of a Maori song in the elevator, pretending that we were talking to each other. And it was just, yeah, these Germans are like, what language are these guys speaking? Because it was just, that didn't make any sense. So we're in the elevator like, kamata, kamata, kore, kore, tenata, tanata. Like just absolutely no sense at all. And yeah, it was just, maybe it was more funny for us girls at the time. But yeah, we, we came out of the elevator just pissing ourselves laughing, thinking we were the funniest people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and these Germans are walking out like, I don't know what language they're speaking, but they <laughs> I don't know what they were saying to us, but that was really national. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying either. That's the problem. <laughs> I think uh, it's all about uh, leaving those little moments and being able to remember and just uh, making a life uh, full of great memories, of course. But yeah, 
anyways uh you've been thank you for sharing all of that stuff i i know you've been uh some ups and downs on the podcast as well so uh thank you for sharing all of that and uh yeah it's it's great to be able to see you back on the bike and enjoying and getting great results and we'll hopefully be seeing you sometime soon uh on the podium maybe who knows or on the olympics next year for sure but uh to end the podcast i always ask this question which is if you could give me a song to put at the end of your interview it could be something you enjoy listening to or something that represents you and that you want to live your interview with oh a song one in particular <laughs> and it should be one think right now <laughs> yeah Oh gosh. It's it's under the spotlight. It's when you get the spotlight that you shame best. So um I honestly can't think of a song. I'm like one of those people that listens to like um like a range of like mood booster or like motivational mix and it's just like remixes. I can't think of one. Can I look on my phone? Of course, yeah. You can check the Spotify <laughs> list. See what comes up. <laughs> What's on my Spotify? Um, let's see. Sorry. No, you're all good. Uh, it's, it's been done before. Uh, yep. okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's not a first one to look on the Spotify list to see what comes up. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, I've actually got this one. I probably listened to for like motivation. It's okay. I can't stop. By is it? flux i don't know f-l-f-l-f-l-u-x f-l-u-x flux i guess yeah that works and if it's not flux we apologize publicly yeah uh, not not in a rest pronunciation we're sorry <laughs> when the song yeah when the song goes on and i'm on like a hill climb or something it just gets you going <laughs> <laughs> so we'll leave everybody with i can't stop uh from mickey uh from flux <laughs> you're wrong you're yeah. motivated uh, thank you, Miki. It's really been a pleasure. Uh, we'll keep an eye on you and best of luck this season and in Andalusia next weekend. Thank you very much for having me and sorry that it took a little while to get on here, but you know, it's, been, it's been good to have a chat and yeah, hopefully talk to you again soon.